3: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 191, ALCS Game 4, Yankees Comeback Win Recap. Scott, thank you for those tickets.
2: <laughs> you know, I have never been so mad that I wasn't at a game that I was supposed to be at in my life. It changed, all, everything changed in the, what, 6th, 7th uh, inning when things started happening. Because before that, I'm like, eh, maybe it's not the worst game to miss. Then all of a sudden, the, the freaking place explodes, The goes nuts, and... Checkmark, Yankees have their comeback victory in the ALCS. Unbelievable game. Unfreaking believable game. I can't even imagine what it's like to be there, so I cannot wait to hear about it.
3: It was... So you're absolutely right. After after the Yankees got down for nothing, there was a brief moment where the crowd was taken out of it, especially after that Castro error, because it was so bad. It was so fucking bad. That error Castro backing up on the play, lets the ball eat him up. That took the life out of the crowd. But at no other point was that crowd out of it. It was loud as hell. Whatever the fox cameras are doing, they are not doing that stadium justice because it was ear piercing for nine straight innings, and it was amazing. I'm so happy I was there tonight, and I'm really sorry you were not there tonight because it was freaking awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad one of us got to enjoy it. You know, it was a uh, it was a fun game to watch. There's no doubt about it, and uh, and I mean. Dude, this is, the, this is the type of win. You're looking at this team. I mean, they, they've come back before, obviously. We know that. The wild card game, they came back. The ALDS against the, the you know, then best team in baseball, everybody thought. This one, this one feels different just because they were, they were really against the wall. 0-2 against a very good team. Top to bottom, very good team. And then in this game, they were also down, you know, going into the seventh inning, and they come back. Nothing is stopping this team right now. They are on freaking... Fire! It's unbelievable.
3: At Yankee Stadium, they are—I don't want to say unbeatable because then I'm going to jinx the shit out of them for Game Five. But they are so tough to beat at home, yeah, because of the crowd. I think the crowd is a big part of it. Girardi talked about it after the game, how it reminds him of the '90s days with the crowd so loud the entire time. But also, this team is just built for this stadium. Home runs. This is a home run hitting park, a home run hitting stadium. The bullpen, which is lights out, doesn't give up much. So whatever it is about the Bronx, about Yankee Stadium, they are never out of it when they're at home. Unfortunately, they're not home field advantage for the rest of the playoffs. But as long as they're playing at home, I'm confident they're going to win. That's the, that's the type of team they have right now.
2: Uh, and, you know, it's so funny because I think if if you have a team that has such a major home field advantage, but they don't have home field technically home field advantage in the series, it actually could play to the other team because of those three games in the middle. I mean, if the Yankees go out and they're there to win tomorrow – um, and, and take all three of those games. That really puts the pressure on the uh, the other team going back home having to to win both of those games. It's it's a it's a complete flip at that point. And so if you have that that very significant home field advantage like the Yankees do, it's kind of an advantage to have those three games because if you could split one of the two in the in the beginning, I mean you're in the driver's seat. So it's interesting the way it's working out. But um, yeah, I feel very comfortable at home, very confident. It seems like there's no game that they're out of, and uh, and the offense just I mean just. Tick, it's, it's just unbelievable how how, uh, how how ramped up it gets when they're when they're at home.
3: They're still going to have to win one of the Keuchel or Verlander games. That's yes. the key because Houston has two pitchers. That's it. I think we've learned that. I mean, McCullers looked good tonight. He held the Yankees to what was his final line? One run, and, he, and then the it was just the in.
2: it was just the Aaron Judge home run, and and uh, and Hinch pulled him out very early. That was getting some controversy. Uh, going on that one because he, he was only at 81 pitches. He let that, that home run up to Judge and then he pulled him. And, yeah, thank you. you know, knowing what's behind him, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this is good. This yeah. is a very good thing.
3: Anytime you see that Houston bullpen running into, the, running into the game as a Yankees fan, get down on your knees and thank the Lord because that Houston bullpen sucks. I was so happy when they came in. I think it was an overreaction, overreaction by Hench to pull McCullers after that 81 pitches. Yeah, that was an absolute blast by Judge and the stadium was loud, but other than that, what did he give up?
2: No, I mean that's it's a uh, i I totally agree that it was an overreaction, especially when you're up four runs and you know how trash your bullpen is, and you guys, you got guys like Davinsky, and I'm so happy that Giles sucked tonight because it actually showed what he really is. The, mm-hmm. the, the guy's a mental case. He's not. He is not the guy that we saw in Houston. That was uh, that was a, a very rare showing by him. I feel like it's mm-hmm. he's just not that guy. Um, but tonight, tonight we saw what that was, and you know what. Even if, if even if if nothing else, like it puts such a significant amount of doubt into that bullpen, they're gonna come in scare to death of this team because they know this team's just gonna freaking just mash on them. And I love it.
3: Well, like I was saying, the Yankees are gonna to have to win either the Keichel or the Verlander game. That's the only two good starting pitchers that the Astros have. Keichel's going tomorrow against Tanaka at home. I like the Yankees chances, like I just said. So as long as the Yankees make Keichel work and you can get into that Houston bullpen. Good things are going to happen.
2: Yeah they they have to they have to be disciplined. They have to be ready. I mean, look, they've seen him now. Uh, they've already seen what what he what he's done. He was very much on when he was at Houston. Um, we'll see if this crowd can get to him tomorrow. That's another factor. I mean, you go back to the 2015 wild card game when Keichel had that really good start at Yankee Stadium. The crowd was dead. It was nothing like and there was what it was like tonight. Like I have to assume <laughs> and nothing then, like it. And then tomorrow, it's going to be you know, it's going to be blazing again and. And and in certain high pressure situations, that place is going to be loud and rocking and giving him a ton of shit and there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. So we'll see how he uh, we'll see how he can play there. We know the offense is up for it. So I, I like I do like the chances. I mean, it's it's just the way you see this team play at home, the way everything has lined up. It it, it just it, it's it's looking like a, a decent chance at least. Again, I'm not saying shit to jinx anything. So
3: <laughs> it's just I'm being very careful with my words. Something about this team, something about this crowd at home, it's, it's special. And it was loud the entire game. It was so awesome to be there. The, I had a dude in the, in the section that I was in just calling everybody on Houston a knucklehead the entire game. And he said it in the most hilarious and loud way possible. And that's the type of shit that Yankees October baseball is made from. It's just yelling at the other team. No one like uh, Josh Reddick out in right field. Because he's on the other team, and that's the only reason why. So why not just yell at him for nine straight innings? And I love it. That is the type of stuff that I love for October baseball.
2: You know, it's funny because you were just giving shit to people for doing that against Jay Bruce. And now you're part of it. You love it.
3: Yeah, well, when when you're—
2: Is it fair to say that you've flipped your—you've come around?
3: No, when you're at the stadium, it's completely different.
2: <laughs> okay, now it's different. Yeah. <laughs> when you're the one yelling, totally different. When you're not hearing the annoyance on television.
3: And as far as, not, as, far as 5 o'clock starts go, sucks to get there because I had to race from work and I barely made first pitch. But now that I'm home at 10 o'clock at night, it's
2: kind of nice. Feels great, right? Almost like yeah. you're on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> it feels like it's, a little. At the, end, at the end, it's a perk. It's yeah. it's nice.
3: A little bonus to your night. Um, I'm sure a ton of people were pouring into Billy's and dugout and all stands and everything after the game. But There's I had some to come back and bastards. record the podcast.
2: Drunk bastards in the Bronx right now. <clears throat>
3: So before the game even started, a little bit of a curveball Girardi threw us. Romine catching Gary Sanchez DH. And I believe 24 hours ago I said on this podcast that everyone who thinks Romine is going to catch is an absolute moron and shouldn't even be talking about it because it's never going to happen. Oh, what do you know? Girardi says, you know what? I'm listening to that podcast. Hold my beer. Here goes Romine in the starting lineup.
2: Yeah, and I guess it was uh, it was a good move because they got some production out of the DH. Was finally... it was it a good move because well, also Sancho's sucked. Uh, he didn't he didn't look the the one thing you're you're dismissing uh, the um, one those those uh, both of those those times that that um, I'm trying to think I can't fucking talk the um, the pass ball the, which was actually deemed a wild pitch by Sonny Gray was uh didn't hurt anybody the catcher's interference that run scored or no the runner in front of him scored so that was something but you know what he did uh, Sunny gray i don't and i don't know if this has anything to do with it maybe it doesn't maybe it does but Sunny gray pitched well sonny gray did not uh go out and and just throw three innings and give up a bunch of runs sonny gray pitched five innings got into the sixth inning gave up a run walked two guys was pretty good 85 pitches was was actually pretty decent um, so I gotta believe and give some of that credit to uh, to Roman. They worked well. Uh, it was probably it was the best start we've seen out of Sonny Gray in a long time. So the credit's got to go to that. And the bottom line is, is it worked because because Gary Sanchez came out of a big time, uh, got a three uh, a three RBI double. Maybe his legs were a little bit more fresh at that moment. Two Maybe RBI. that moment he was ready to go.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that was the thing that the Yankees, the, the the reason they started Romine behind the plate was more about Sonny Gray and less about Gary Sanchez, right?
2: I think so. I think it had a lot to do with, I think it was a combination of um, putting San, giving Sanchez maybe a little bit of a breather to focus on his offense because it's been off and Jordy just trying to switch the mindset a little bit, maybe that, and just jumpstart him on offense. Which now that I'm thinking about it, probably not a not a bad move. Um, obviously, it worked, and then the second thing is, yeah, Sonny Gray throws a ton of stuff in the dirt, so you know it's maybe the, if you're going to do it, it's a good day to do it.
3: Well, you know how I feel about personal catchers.
2: Yeah, well, it's not a personal catcher; it's not the situation.
3: It's not a personal catcher, but
2: because if Gary that- Sanchez because if Gary Sanchez had um, had production at the plate, and there was any offensive production from the designated hitter spot, it probably doesn't happen. happen. Right, you're, you're but it was right. it was a convenient a convenient time that worked out because there was no production at the designated hitter. And he was, he was uh, in a horrible slump. I mean, he was like 0 for 11 or something like that, I think going into the game. So he was not hitting and you know, why not, why not let him focus on that for a day? So I, I don't know. It was a, it was almost a situation out of convenience.
3: So you're right. Sonny Gray did look a little bit better. He was still falling behind hitters, but he didn't walk nearly as many guys as he did in the Cleveland start. He worked out of trouble in the first few innings. Um, he got into trouble in the sixth inning. Do you think Girardi pulled him a little too early, or do you think Girardi let him go out there and face Altuve for that one pitch, which I thought was weird? I didn't understand that at all. So just the whole way that Sonny Gray got pulled out of that game seemed odd to me.
2: So I think that I, one. I think that the his stuff probably, if you watch it back, was is even better than you think, is because it was it was pretty sharp, and some of the stuff he wasn't he wasn't missing by much at all, and honestly, a lot of those. A lot of his pitches that were called balls were probably strikes in Cleveland, uh, in that series with the way that that strike zone was going down on the zone. This he was not missing by a lot. He actually looked, I thought he looked pretty good, um, and he was he was changing changing pitches, missing speeds, doing a lot of really good things. In that particular inning, I think that Girardi was probably going to pull him before Altuve. Uh saw the pitch. I don't know if the pitch had anything to do with it. I think he just second guessed himself. He's like, forget it. I'm I'm gonna take him now. I think he just honestly second guessed himself at that point and said, I'm gonna get I'm gonna just do this now and, and not wait. Um and that's what I think happened. I don't think it had really much to do with that one pitch, but there were two runners on. He's just like, All right, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull him now. And there was an exchange. It was it was weird because when he went to take the ball and Sonny Gray was on the mound, there was an exchange from Girardi and Sonny Gray, like a quick exchange that Girardi and Sonny Gray was laughing coming off like sorry i was going to pull you and or, or i had to go to the bathroom i don't know what he said something like <laughs> something you know what i mean like sorry that we didn't score any runs for you again or you know there was something said and maybe they maybe they talked about it in the post game Um, interviews maybe Girardi disclosed what he said but there was something that that uh like it was a significant laugh by Sonny Gray walking off the mound so it was a lighthearted exchange
3: right no run support for Sonny Gray once again it's getting it's getting weird at this point because and and, and
2: he's got a playoff record I saw the numbers today I forget what it was it was something like 20 some 20 innings I think or something along those lines uh zero runs support in his playoff career
3: yeah as soon as you yank Sonny Gray from the game the Yankees offense comes alive maybe they don't like him is, is that a thing? They just don't like Sonny Gray?
2: I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> seems like a nice nice kid from Tennessee.
3: Him and Chase Headley, nice guys.
2: Nice guys, yeah. Nice guys.
3: I uh, I don't think it made that much of a difference because he, he pulled him on the Altuve at bat with, with one ball. So David Robertson comes in with two men on, one ball to Altuve. It probably doesn't make that much of a difference for David Robertson.
2: No, I mean, he did walk him, but at the same time, David Robertson is used to those type of situations where he can get out of... Out of jams. And uh, the, so the, he walks out to He loads the bases. Then Correa comes up, and he actually gets Correa to strike out. And I'm sitting there like, all right, Houdini, that's, that's the first act of Houdini. Now he's going to get out of this freaking uh, one-out bases-loaded jam, uh, which seemed like a lot for him to do. And it was, he, he actually left a breaking ball that floated back over the plate, was supposed to start on the outside corner uh, and probably stay outside. Uh, and then it floated right back over the plate into Guriel, and he smoked it down the line. And that's when three runs scored. So it that was, was um it was uh it was it was two of those runners were those were the sunny gray runs that he led up.
3: Yeah, that was tough because as we were watching it at, at the stadium live, the fact that it was basically loaded nobody out, you're just saying, okay, Robertson, if you can just squeak out of this with two runs, you kind of feel like that's a win. And then the three run double kind of just took the air out of the stadium a little bit. Um,
2: yeah, when you said that the Castro era was the one that took the life out, uh, you know, the era, I was surprised because I, I would have thought that, you know, going into the sixth inning, uh, Gurriel sm- smoking that three run, three runs feels like, I don't know, two runs are like okay, two runs, but three, three feels like okay, that's a, that's a pretty big dent. Three's I, a lot. Yeah, three's I mean, a lot.
3: So th- the the three run double was was sort of deflating, and then everyone just got pissed off after the Castro error, error and it was four nothing. Everyone was angry at that point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, well, it, it kind of happened. What well, consecutive innings? So that's when Chad Green. So that inning ended up. And the other thing about that inning in the sixth is that McCullers came back out and had a very fast bottom of the sixth. You know, went right through the guys one two three. And at that po- at that moment, watching the game, it just felt like all the momentum in the world was with Houston, and it was going to be very tough for them to overcome because it looked like McCullers was just rolling at that point. Um, and and then you know, thank you. Thank you AJ Hinch. <laughs> took him out of the game and but, brought in Davinsky and, and yeah uh, brought, those
3: in the, brought in the Houston trash and I love it before we get to the Yankees rally though what the hell is going on with Starlin Castro because he had a good start to that Cleveland series I think he had four hits in the first two games of the Cleveland series yeah. looked like he was he was back to Starlin Castro before his his injuries and all that kind of stuff and now his head just doesn't look in it that error is I think as much mental as it is physical.
2: It was weird. It was a weird error. Even the first one, too. I mean, there were two balls that were just, you know, un- really no excuse. Uh, the second one was, was a bit of a knuckle, and it was spinning, and I just think he read it wrong. He and then when he, tri- he, when he tried to back, well, it was like a soft squibber line drive. Not a line drive, but it was a soft squibber that, that landed. Um, yeah, It was like an in-between. Like, he was going to catch it, but then couldn't catch it, so he backed up to play the bounce. And then when he backed up, he lost his footing. That's what happened. And, yeah, then, and then the he ball the,
3: Then he blamed the outfield grass afterwards. No, I
2: didn't hear that. Well, maybe his cleat got caught in the grass. Whatever, well, it doesn't didn't matter. didn't
3: hear it, but I was watching him looking down at the grass and sort of kicking it. Like like it was the grass fault.
2: Yeah. Well, either way, it was a bad error. It was a bad time. Uh Gonzalez scored on that play and then it became four nothing and you're like, "Well, shit." That's that's <laughs> that's a dagger. You know, that that felt like a dagger watching it. Um that was at the moment at that moment I'm like okay maybe it wasn't the worst thing that I wasn't at this that game that's that's what game. I was thinking that yeah yeah that's I, what was I was going into that
3: seventh inning thinking that if the Yankees don't at least put up a couple runs in this inning it's over because they had Judge Didi Sanchez coming up in the seventh inning boom right off the bat Judge with the with the massive home run it brought the stadium back to life Didi follows it up with the triple with the Pete Rose slide into third base and it was on fire from there on out. Even though the Astros were down, or excuse me, were up two runs at that point still, you sensed in the stadium the Astros were back on their heels. Every Astros fan, all 12 of them in the stadium, was sitting down at that point. And it was amazing to see.
2: Yeah, no, you could tell. As soon as when, when Judge hit that home run, you were like, okay, life. There's life, right? I mean, when Judge goes, it seems like the the team goes. That's that's just how it feels. And then Didi follows that up with a triple um, like you said, he was doing that Pete Rose slide into third. Freaking elevation. I mean, that dude was Superman. S- There's a great picture that the Yankees Twitter put out. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. You're crazy if you haven't seen it because it's an amazing picture. And, uh, and, and, and then Gary uh, Sanchez, the sack fly. So they're within two runs. And you're right, at that moment, even watching it, I could feel that the stadium was on fire. I could tell that at that point, like, it felt like something good was happening and that this horrible bullpen is about to get worse because <laughs> they're about to feel the wrath of Yankee Stadium. And that's exactly what happened. Freaking Giles comes out too. I, th- um, I think he was in in the eighth. And then just they, they just sort of lighten up uh, the guys. But the, before that, Chad Green comes in again. Three up, three down. Huge inning because he got bottom of the order Reddick, then Altuve, both of those guys to, um, out, and then struck out Correa. That's he balls kept- right there.
3: He kept the momentum in the Yankees favor and they rolled it into the bottom of the eighth. Todd Frazier, I think you
2: call him the catalyst before we started recording. Is that, is that right? He's man. So I, 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 I've admitted my love affair with CC last, uh, last podcast. I'm going to go and start gushing about Todd. Oh, you're
3: getting all over the Jersey boy. I love love (laughs) it. Jersey Homer.
2: I love it. I love everything about this guy. The guy is a freaking amazing player. The way that he has fit so well into this clubhouse and really elevated the clubhouse in my opinion. The dude's like he's everywhere. He's you see him outside the dugout freaking going nuts when guys are running around the bases. It's so much
3: fun to watch. I saw the replay of him. He's out there with a freaking
2: towel, like you know, like he's it's crazy. So he's uh, he can't even he just can't he can't contain his excitement. And I love seeing that. It's just oh, you're it's such so a much sucker. fun It's, it's so much fun to watch. So this yes, is what I said, this is cute, Scott. What you're a I said for
3: Todd Fraser.
2: What I said is I want this man back on the team next year. I don't care. I don't care what we gotta do. Give me Todd Frazier again. Give me Todd Frazier for a full year.
3: Run it back. Uh, <laughs> Headley gets gets the So in a matter of seconds, Chase Headley went from hero back to go back to hero again with that double. Was it was it eventually ruled a double? Into no, left I, think it, field.
2: It was a, I believe it was, it was ruled a single, and then he advanced on the throw. <laughs> so he
3: hits the ball to left center field, Chase Headley running in cement with his quicksand shoes, rounds first base, trips over himself, because <laughs> why wouldn't Chase Headley trip over himself? I'm sitting out there in right field saying, well, first of all, I was looking at where the ball was landing in the outfield, and I turn back, and I just see Chase Headley on the ground in between first <laughs> and second base. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Chase, so the, what are you doing, Chase? Come on, get up. This is this is the eighth inning of the ALCS yes, playoff laying what on are you the
2: ground. You're just what? giving shit to Cameron Mabin for not going out of blind. You're laying on the ground? What are so you doing? The, the cameras were on left field where the ball was, obviously. So I, nobody had when you're watching on TV, you had no idea where he was. All of a sudden the ball's coming back with like <laughs> like with purpose. Towards first base, I'm like, what's happening? And um, someone, they were talking about, I can't, who's talking, Joe Buck. I try to tune him out. So, But Frazier, or uh, Frazier, Headley fell, obviously, and then tried to crawl back. (laughs) And then dove into second base and was safe. It was amazing. It was unbelievable that he was there and safe. safe.
3: Thank God he was safe because the
2: post game when they were talking to him, he said it was a. It's actually a great quote. He was said it was. I, I live for this. This is what I've played for my entire life. It was the greatest moment of my career, and then it was the worst moment of my career. Yeah. And that's yeah. so fitting. It's so perfect when you see exactly what happened. I mean, because like, he knows, sheer terror on his face.
3: He knows he would not gotten out of the Bronx alive if he got called that if he was out on that play.
2: <laughs> um, man. So that was a that was a roller coaster of emotions in one in like fifteen seconds, if that. Yeah, and then and then the the beauty of uh, of the next thing. So then you have second and third no outs, right? Guardy comes up, Un, unsung, amazing stuff that you won't see in the box score. Ground ball to the right side, scores Frazier. Perfect. moves Headley to third. It was perfect. Yeah, uh, so you're at down down one, tying run on third base, less than two outs. Because exactly what you want.
3: How many times do the Yankees have a guy on third base or second and third, whatever it is, where all they need is a productive out this season, and they couldn't get it? The, the problem this team had all season with scoring runners was that they hit home runs, and that's how they scored. They couldn't get the sack flyer. They couldn't move the runner over. Gardner, beautiful piece of hitting, just pull the ball to the right side. That's all he needed to do, and that's exactly what he did. I loved it. Everyone in the stadium noticed what a good out it was, and that kept the momentum going. It was 4-3 at that point, and Judge stays on the breaking ball, Hits hits it over the left fielder's head, off the wall, Thankfully. off a of jackass fan's yeah. hand
2: actually what a scumbag that guy is so, thank god thank god nothing was uh there were not a, there wasn't another runner on that that something you know had to get that someone had to get sent back who scored because that very well could have been the guy reached i mean he was halfway down the wall down the wall reaching over the ball like what an asshole like, get rid of this guy don't do that if you're a fan if you reach over especially when the yankees are on offense yeah. like, what's wrong with you don't what are you doing
3: I don't know what his game plan was, but whatever, whatever it is, he had the wrong game plan. That was the thing. In the stadium, we were watching it, and I sort of saw, saw him leaning over because wasn't he in a yellow jacket or something like that?
2: It was, so it was like an or, it was like a peach. I don't know. It was like a light orange. It didn't look like an Astros fan apparel. I don't know what the hell it was. It was just an ugly-ass jacket some jackass fan was wearing. Uh, hopefully, he got kicked out because he, just, he, he could have cost the Yankees runs at that point. That tied the game. That's a huge clutch hit for Joe. Huge, huge clutch hit. That's, it's a massive clutch that's hit. For a guy so that's not far, clutch, it's even clutcher. More so clutch. far so
3: far in the playoffs, that's his clutchest hit clutchest hit to date in this in these playoffs. And thank thank God that he got the hit just to shut some people up because Yeah, Judge may have not had the most clutch stats, and if you look at fan graphs, it says he's the least clutch player in Major League Baseball, but we know, watching this team for 162 games, what Aaron Judge means for this team. And the bottom line is, I think you said it to start this podcast, when Aaron Judge goes, the Yankees go.
2: Yeah, and he did have a big hit. I mean, he did not get a lot of things done in the ALDS, but he had a big hit. Um, drove in runs in that game in a game at Yankee Stadium. The bottom line: when he's at Yankee Stadium, the man is a is a terror to other people, to other the opponents. I mean, he's he's just at any moment he could explode. Um, a side note: something that Girardi did actually that I think that should be noted as well. That actually took a little bit of balls. I think was actually um, Headley was pinch hitting for Romine. So because he was doing that, and Gary Sanchez was going to have to. Uh, catch and he was the designated hitter at that point you in effect loses the dh um so he was playing with you know knowing damn well that he had to spark something up uh they they had to uh to score those runs at that point uh and he wanted to do it in the eighth i thought that was a pretty ballsy move and a good move And then he what didn't he pinch run Ellsbury for for headley then he pinched right. Yeah, he was he was letting it all hang out, man. Of course, <laughs> he's like in the eighth inning. This is my moment. I'm gonna strike. It's almost like the it's almost like throwing your reliever in the third when you realize that the game is in in uh, you know in, in a pivotal position. He realized that eighth inning was it, and he threw the freaking bag at it. So hell, credit or, credit to Girardi, man. That was a good move. All all the moves he did today were 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 freaking spot on. Hell,
3: re- reliever in the third. How about reliever in the first inning of a do or die wild right. card game?
2: Yeah, yeah. So as much shit as we gave him for that, as everybody has given him for that one play, and, and as much as he deserved it, he's actually had a pretty freaking good playoffs besides that that one day. That was a terrible day. And it was I a pretty part. Uh, the rest of it was he's been pretty damn good. Um, and then, and then uh, you got DD uh, DD singles. It was a weird. It, the, it was like an in between single. Judge had to kind of hold up, make sure the run. Uh, that that it wasn't fielded and he was thrown thrown out of third. I don't I don't mind that. Whatever. Some people were like he should have gone. He should have known. Whatever. Um, and then Gary Sanchez just rips a freaking double down the the, uh, the right center gap. I mean, smoked that ball.
3: You know what I love about that? He stayed to right field. We always said yes. Aaron Judge he needs to stay to right field. That's when he's yep. good. Gary Sanchez has looked horrible this entire post uh, ALCS. First three games looked terrible. Was pulling off the ball, trying to crush everything to left field. Couldn't hit a breaking ball. This game, he stayed on it. And even the sack fly was to right field. Yep. He hit that ball right on the screws, uh, the sack fly as well, in the seventh inning or whatever inning it was. Who knows? But he was staying on the ball to right field. It's dangerous if Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez are staying on the ball.
2: No, that's true. And that's what we were talking about the the, uh, the last time. We are saying if, this, if these guys, if these two guys could possibly get hot at the same time. And it looked like Judge, uh, as of um, the last game, was, was getting a lot better and, and was there. Uh, if, if Sanchez could figure it out, too, and these two guys could, could somehow string it together for, for a little while, uh, this, t- this team is going to be very tough to beat. And, you know, maybe, maybe this was the exact move that he needed. Maybe he needed a day off from catching just to focus on the at-bats, take some more swings in the cage, get his head clear, um, and then come out and, and mash. And it did, man. That's three runs. That's huge. That's a three-run clear Clear the bases. Beautiful. Two-run, um, sorry. It was a two-run shot. It was, it was
3: a, a two-run two run double, yeah, because Judge had tied he, it up. It, he had a made sack fly earlier in the game, yeah. Yeah, and they, they could have busted it open even more because didn't they have bases loaded uh, with uh, Aaron Hicks up?
2: Yeah, Aaron Hicks looked terrible all day. Yeah, put right. up another over. He's looked pretty bad all series, actually.
3: Um, yeah, shout-out to the guy in front of me just throwing his entire gigantic bag of popcorn all over the rows. <laughs> so much fun. So, <laughs> sorry, Sorry you weren't there. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Chapman comes ha- in, what, shuts the door. What, that's what
2: happens when you have kids.
3: Boom, boom, boom. Chapman comes in, shuts the door in the ninth inning, and you knew it was over when, once Gary Sanchez got that got that uh, two run double. You knew it was over. Chapman was not going to blow this thing. No. Um, all the momentum right now going into Game Five, and you can, you still have to go back to Houston and win a game, but you're. It's going to be very difficult to win two games in Houston. So Game Five, you're gonna to have to win Game Five just so you can split in Houston and take this series if you're the Yankees.
2: Yeah, you said it earlier. These guys have two pitchers. One of them's going tomorrow. If you can somehow, you got to beat one of them. But that's you got to beat. Uh, you're gonna have to beat one of them at least. So the bottom line is, is if you can do it tomorrow, then you're 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 gonna face somebody that's not named Verlander and Keichel in. Game seven, most likely. Maybe they'll come back and throw Keuchel in short rest. Probably will, actually. Uh, they'll probably throw the kitchen sink at us But uh, if, that, if that game were to happen. But the bottom line is they got to beat one of these guys. Um, it, it, actually, they got to beat one of, one of them, if not both of them. So why not tomorrow? All the momentum is there. This is the perfect spot. I mean, this is probably the most vulnerable Keuchel has ever been uh, against the Yankees. Got to take advantage of that and score some freaking runs off this guy.
3: And Tanaka was great in Game 1. In Game 1, Keuchel just outpitched Tanaka. Tanaka's been good in both of his postseason starts this year, and he's coming home where his splits are better. So I actually think the Yankees have the edge in this Game 5.
2: Well, I mean, they haven't scored a run off Dallas Keichel in two postseasons. So the fact that we're saying, yeah, they have the edge, maybe because they're, it's all solely on today. And because the offense looks like it's clicking, that's the only reason I would say that. Last because, two games,
3: last two games, the offense has has done the job.
2: But my point is is that there's nothing saying that that these guys can hit Dallas Keuchel because it's never happened. It's just never happened. Dallas Keuchel is a freaking mystery. Never I don't say know what. Never Scott. I, I'm just saying up until this point that that's where we are. So tomorrow, that mystery needs to be unsolved, and it is a very good time for the Yankees to do that because the offensive is clicking. So if there were any time that this man is vulnerable and ready to be shelled, it's now. It's right now. And Tanaka, please, please, God, please, God, stay, Don't. stay, stay good. <laughs> Don't, Don't do Don't anything do remotely thing. close to a Derek Jeter. Remember, get Derek Jeter away from the stadium. Nobody say his name tomorrow. I want nothing to do with it because Tanaka can't handle it.
3: So the ALDS, Mariano threw out the first pitch, and what was that game three? And that was the game that the Yankees won, one nothing on the bird home run. Today, I tweeted out a video. Go check it out of Paul O'Neill throwing out the first pitch, no problem. Uh, Yankees win. Who are they going to call out for game five? Who do we need to bring back so this thing we get some good juju going into game five?
2: Man, I don't know, like Charlie Hayes or Scott Brocious. Scott Brocious would be a good one. That'd be a nice random one to pull out of the, pull out of your ass to, to throw out a pitch. I think he's
3: coaching for the Mariners.
2: Um, is he? Well, he's got nothing to do then, so, so why not? Come on <laughs> out, baby. Where are you, you at,
3: Brocious? As soon as I saw Paul O'Neill trotting out there for, for, the, for the first pitch, you just get those old feels. You get those old vibes going, and it was good stuff from there on
2: out. Man, I'm not seeing it. So I, I have the email sent from the Yankees with the schedule of events for Game 5, and it says, Ceremonial first pitch, uh, 459, no name. So I don't know if it's been somewhere else, but they they haven't re- they didn't release it in their like official stuff that they send out. It's a mystery. Tis a mystery. Tis a mystery. We didn't we win the game that Reggie Jackson threw the, the uh, ball out too. He was good luck. Yeah, yeah just
3: any old Yankee that's won some Yeah, stuff, give me more. Bring him back.
2: So who do you want? I want Bro- I think Brochus would be a nice random one. Who you got? Um, well, I think Alvaro,
3: Alvaro Espinoza. No, no, I think Pettit. I think Pettit since he since he pitched for Houston, that'd be rubbing it in their face.
2: I don't know. Isn't Pettit working for the Marlins now? Did, did he get a job? Did Jeter get him in there? No, Jeter did steal some scout for the Yankees, though. I thought he stole – He was t- or at least he's talking to Pettit about stealing him, too. So maybe that's a little too close to Derek Jeter for Tanaka's liking. I don't know.
3: Is Jeter pissing you off? Because Jeter's pissing me off a little bit.
2: No, I'm not talking about that right now. We're not we're not changing this into something that that, that does not need to be talked about. We could that, that we literally, <laughs> this have, we get we literally have two months to talk about how Derek Jeter's pissing us off by going to the Marlins, okay? <laughs> okay? We got a long time to talk about that.
3: Beautiful. Anything else you want to cover from this game?
2: No, I got nothing else. I'm, I'm glad you had a good game. I'm pissed I wasn't there. It looked freaking amazing. You'll probably never forget it. I'll probably never forget that I wasn't there. And um, and yeah, that's it. That's that's it. It was uh, it was fun to watch on TV.
3: Well, you need to just you need to tell yourself that if the Yankees advance to the World Series, you're not going to make that mistake again, and you'll come and you'll actually go to the game.
2: I've already I've already set the groundwork. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, we do have some voicemails to end this show, and I think they're coming in hot, right?
2: Yeah, they're uh, Dom. Last I've heard, has at least ten. So we're, uh, we're 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 starting to climb up there. We tweeted out people. were calling in, fired up. I mean, how can you not? This is a pretty damn good game to be fired up to. So. Whew, let's go. Game five tomorrow, baby. That's that's the big one, right? Got to win game five. Let's keep this momentum. The Yankees are playing well. Fans are fired up. We're fired up. It's a beautiful time to be a Yankee fan. It's a beautiful time to be a Yankee. Let's do it. Let's take it to Houston.
3: I'm going to leave it on that. Enjoy these voicemails. We'll talk to you after game five. Believe it or not, George, isn't at home.
1: Please leave a message at the
0: beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm not home. This is Dana, calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico, 4 Game Five. Calling it right now,
3: Romine, American League Championship Series MVP. Yeah. Just got word that Romine's getting the start at catcher, and they're pushing Sanchez. DH, I really hope this doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. It's Danny from England
1: here.
0: Pandemonium, pandemonium, panda-fucking-monium. What a game, what a game, you beauties. These boys never know how to be beaten. Roll on tomorrow
2: night, Kanaka's going to do it. Dallas Keuchel, your days are numbered. You might
3: have uh, held the Yankees hit this when you you played them before. All over now, son. It's all going to be finished. Let's go, Yankees. What an absolutely unreal game, guys. I can't believe that. You know, I was sitting there ready to go down 3-1, uh, out in the seventh inning, and it, this team's got something quite like the 90s boys do, you know? It's just like there's a supernatural element to this team that no matter what, they won't go down. Maybe it's the Ghost of Monument Parks. Who knows? But this was fucking unreal, and I'm so glad we got this, and I, you know what? I don't think we're beatable. God, I love this team. They just don't quit. Let's go, Yankees. Houston, you have a problem. Your bullpen is trash, bud. (laughs) Let's go, Yankees. Fucking do this. This is Justin from Philadelphia. I'm losing my freaking mind watching this team. I fucking love this team. Judge with a
1: bomb. Frazier keeping it up. Dee let's go.
3: Yankees 2 2, bring on Keichel. Last fucking go.
2: Bottom of the eighth. Judge comes through. Darren comes through. It doesn't get better than this. Let's go. Want a more team to rebuild. This is fun.
3: We're back! What a fucking comeback! This is the most fun I've ever had watching any Yankees game. Go Yanks!
2: Hey Scott, how pissed are you that you gave Andrew your tickets? <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, what a
3: fucking game. Oh my god, I'm shaking. I, I, I can't believe
0: you already put in Henley. I was having kind a of bold, high-risk, high-reward
3: fucking move right there. <laughs> Crazy shit. Yanks win. Come back 6-4. Holy fuck. Seriously, Hey, guys. This is Paul in Harlem. I've been loving the show. If Keiko pitches less than six innings tomorrow, the Yankees are going to win this series. Their bullpen is terrible. We got CC for game seven. Let's go, Yankees. Jason in Indiana here is celebrating another
0: victory. It's amazing. Sonny Gray comes out of the game, and Chad Green comes in, and basically we learned to hit. Guys, guys, Yankees, give Sonny a hand. He needs
2: some help out there. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees.